This is Frank Skinner. Speaking of sunshine and the warmth and goodness that comes from me, I'm on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Steve Hall is with us this morning. I wish. Um, what have I? What have I? Here we go. Sorry, I had to move quick, Steve. Uh, you can fo- uh, you text the show on 8 12 15. Uh, please do. Uh, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio and email the show via the Absolute Radio website and then it becomes an interactive experience rather than a spectator sport, which we don't want it to be. OK. Can I say, Steve, welcome. Thank you. Nice Good to see you. Frank, you and I have already descending a bit into the winter woolies... Mm. Steve, very summer, summertime. Yeah, Steve's in a T-shirt. He don't care. <laughs> I like the people that hold on to uh, summer. Yeah. It's like I, I like to start it off a bit early. So yeah. round about like April, I'm starting to wear it. I might put my first shorts on. Is it almost you think they're trying to give it... Give it a few yeah. ideas. This is, this is the first time I've really embraced baldness and started shaving the head. And yeah, I'm, I I'm think, feeling it up top. I think that's uh, that was a good... Dis- it's what they do nowadays. I always thought if I went bald, I would absolutely go for the Philip Larkin and keep it long around the back and the side. <laughs> like um, Nick Robinson from the BBC. <laughs> yes. I haven't seen him for a long time. Is he all right? I think so. Nick Robinson, dead or alive, 8, 12, 15. <laughs> um, where's he gone? Fired? Did he? He moved on. Oh, he uh, moved oh. on. Oh no! He's, did he go he's, to he's IT, did other he go projects. To ITV? He's spending more time with his family. Yeah. Yeah. David I think Miller. He, I think he changed channels. Oh, I haven't seen him. Well, Whenever you change say, channels. Yeah, you don't have to move, leave your job. <laughs> I think pursuing other projects always means uh, one thousand piece jigsaw at home. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, God, I've pursued a few. In my time. So anyway, it's lovely to have you here. Uh, It's lovely to have you here, Em, but you know what? I can't say that every week. Get on your nerves. Like an old comfortable pair of slippers. Have we? um, (laughs) (laughs) Novelty slippers, maybe. Thank you. In the shape of Zebedee. I used to have a pair pair like that. David Baddiel bought me, I think. Really? Yeah, David Baddiel bought me some Zebedee slippers. Frank, I can't... I just can't picture David in the shop saying the Zebedee ones, I'm imagine, I imagine uh, he got them free from somewhere. That's I was on a cliffhanger from, from listening to last week's show where you were saying that you and David were going to go and see the, the Chelsea-West Brom game together. Well, so go and see. We'll yeah, see you can watch, sorry, watch you it on can't, You can't go and see. <laughs> and then, yes. obviously, it was a pretty dramatic game. It was, Um he took it, um, he started off taking it pretty well and philosophically. Mm. And then there was a bit in the middle where I thought there was some tension. Oh. And then as Chelsea came back, of course, he mellowed. But it was, it was, it was lovely in many ways. But um, I, a point now is that's enough for me. <laughs> Only 39 to go. That's the way I look at it. My, uh, my dreams have, have shrunk like a little dried pea. Oh, that's, do you know what? I think it's best that way sometimes. Yes. Um, so, have, have, have we had outside world um, interference? We have. You were... Do you remember, Frank, we were talking about inventors last week? Oh, yes. Favourite inventors. We got onto the subject, Steve, of um, who's your favourite inventor. Yes. Um, which I appreciate is a very overcrowded text yeah. subject. On did did it start from who, who's in the inventor's chair? Was that, was that the... Oh, I can't remember how it started. It may, it may be. I mean, regular listeners will know that we, we think that every chair for comedy references is occupied by someone. So if you want to do a joke about someone getting drunk... You'd then refer to whoever is currently in the uh, the drunkard's chair. Who would you say that was? I probably whichever one of Ant and Deck. Oh yeah, I say it. I say it with the utmost sympathy, but uh, oh, yeah. that is in. Well, in I, comedy I, don't class, worry. I've, I've been in that chair. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, it was George Best for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rarely uh, positive figures in that chair. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's not like best-looking bloke chair. That's where you want to be, obviously. <laughs> I don't even I, that chair isn't even in the same postcard. As me. <laughs> postcard, postcard. We always dis- we always discuss the best-looking bloke chair because, as Frank says, for so long it was Brad Pitt, wasn't it? Well, we're not even convinced he's still not him. No. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. so how you say, oh, all right, Brad Pitt, in a scornful <laughs> way to yeah, someone. Exactly. We thought, I mean, I think Frank's right. Ryan Gosling is a pretender to this uh, yeah, room, yeah, but he's yeah. not moved over, Frank. No, Ryan Gosling isn't known by the masses, I yeah. don't think. I always think of our Nora. Our Nora wouldn't know Ryan Gosling, <laughs> but she'd know, uh, actually, she'd probably say Rock Hudson. <laughs> and then, then there's a difficult conversation. <laughs> Now, I've got a. I was reading uh, a book this week, I know, and um, I'll tell you what it had in it. And it had um, one of those ribbon bookmarks, you know, the ones that are actually connected to the spine. It wasn't a Bible yes. or anything, it was just a book book. And I find that occasionally I'm surprised by uh, a ribbon spine bookmark. And I, I'd like, if there's anyone in publishing with any experience, what's the criterion? What book <laughs> has, the, has the right to have a ribbon bookmark built into the spine? I, yes. Because like I read um, E.H. Gombrich's The History of Art, which is a little fat paper book, which you would not think. Lo and behold, I was reaching for a bookmark and I thought, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> There's the old ribbon. Just, you know, they took they tuck it in randomly somewhere. One thing I was thinking of is buying books with ribbon bookmarks deliberately and start from there to see if they're trying to tell me something. So if you, if you have any friends or if you're in publishing, who makes that decision? How, does, how is that worked out? Mm. Yes, yeah, I'd be fascinated the, to know it that. It gives the book an element of flair. Well, There's a kind of a stuck a feather in its hat and called it macaroni. Are you suggesting but... it has yeah. a panache, yes, a ribbon? Yeah. I'll tell you what my problem with is. I have read books where I thought they were quite cool books and then I've realised there's a ribbon bookmark. <laughs> and I thought, oh, <laughs> oh it's a bit... Because you get, obviously you get them in Bibles and prayer books and stuff, but I'm on about r- like random yeah, books yeah. where they appear. I'd like it if it was in one of those Christmas humour books. Oh, <laughs> it might, but it could. It could be uses for a dead cat. And then suddenly there's the ribbon bookmark built into the spine. Oh, I'd love <laughs> Makes that. Makes it feel like it's the book's birthday. The book is celebrating I'm going to call it the spine. I'm going to need to reduce it to spine or ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> spine. Yeah. The Frank, trouble I is the spinal ribbon. Someone will start talking about spinal tap, which is one of my worst things in society, oh, no. when people say, oh, God, it's like I've been in spinal tap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's quite a good dividing. I mean, I often use the reference very daunt books, as you know. Yeah. But I think now um, very... What, very what spinal going? ribbon. <laughs> it's very spinal ribbon. Yeah. And I would say Frank Skinner's How to Enjoy Poetry, which I do recommend, Steve. It's a cracking read. Oh, lo- oh you're, there. You're, you're in like Flynn. Yeah. Wow, you done it already? Well, I did because um, obviously the Stevie Smith was the was the, your first episode of, your, of the poetry yes. podcast. Sorry about this, guys. Um, <laughs> this is like talk. a late night yeah. art show. Well, there's a singer <laughs> called started off with Spinal River. Yeah. There's a singer called Vic Chestnut who who who. Oh yeah, turned, I've played him on here. Actually. Yeah, and he's he's turned a few Stevie Smith poems into songs. So I was I going to ask you this off approve, air, in fact. I don't approve of that, but never mind. Oh, OK. But, you yeah, know, well, I've read, your, I've read your book as well, Em. Well, look, it's not all about all of our books. No. I'm just saying yeah. the spine w- would work with the uh, the Skinner book, I feel. Thank you. I, okay. I'll happily read Alan's book when it gets published, if, it, if he's writing one. That won't have a ribbon. <laughs> he won't stand he for it. He will that. not stand for it. No, it'll ribbons. be at Black Belt. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, can I share some uh, outside world views Please. with you? Firstly, 181, that's Dave from that's Coventry. That's my old house number. <laughs> Small world, isn't it? <laughs> some people say, what was that bit on Love Island, Frank, when someone said, my lucky number's A. So is mine! Oh, my God! <laughs> um, they weren't both fat ladies by any chance. Oh. I couldn't possibly comment. Um, Dave from Coventry, you know, you were talking earlier, we were talking earlier about the chair, Steve. Yes. As in... Who's in what chair? Brad yeah. Pitt is in the best-looking man chair. Dave points out, I think of it as the, who do you think you are, dot, 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 chair. The best one ever... Do you see what I mean? As in, who yeah. do you think you are would always be uh, yeah, yeah. The best one ever was Sinbad on Brookside. 
Its genius lay in the fact that it only worked in a Scouse accent. Someone drove into the close really quickly and nearly knocked over Sinbad. Let me guess, Sterling Moss. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> oh. Sinbad said, who does he think he is, Ayrton Senna? Oh, that's... Uh, <laughs> no, Sinbad, I have to say, has not gone straight down the line. He's slightly gone into the rough. Can I... Can He's I, not I, on the fairway <laughs> with, that, with that reference. Can I tell you what Sinbad followed with, though? Go on. He'll be hurting someone else in a minute. That's uh, <laughs> it. But that's over it for one of those. <laughs> that's four people worked on that. It, you, it was yeah. Sterling Moss. That's a good question. Who's in the fast yeah. driving chair? Lewis was, Hamilton yeah. doesn't have the too many yeah, syllables. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think also it's not a distinctive enough name. Sterling Moss. You just didn't get many Sterlings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a story once that I think a, a policeman pulls over someone and says exactly that. Says, "Who the hell do you think you are, Ayrton Senna?" And the driver rolls his window down and says, "No, I'm Nigel Mansell." Oh. And it was actually Nigel Mansell. I um, he's a he was a Birmingham legend, of course, Nigel Mansell, and one of the great celebrity moustaches in recent. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the celebrity moustache chair? Celebrity moustache is who's the golfer who married um, Suzanne Danielle, the seventies uh, Dolly Bird. Oh yeah, Dolly Bird. Sam Torrance. Sam Torrance. He was yeah. definitely we celebrity. We have so many chairs going on. This needs yeah, some social yeah. distancing. But it's it's um, now it's been slightly you know it's been slightly messed up by because there's, there's some um, hipsters and stuff that have gone. Yeah, but there was yeah. a period when very few people had moustaches in the in the public eye. Yes. Yeah, it was for, like Ian Rush. It was sort of sportsman. Yeah. Carry, carry Lovely light of it. reference. Mark Lawrence and Frida Kahlo, of course. <laughs> very, there weren't many, though. There weren't many. It was a small group, I think it's fair to say. It's harder for us brunettes, OK? Have some sympathy. Uh, we've also... Steve, have you seen we've had a lot of, uh, so, we've lot had of responses a deluge to of the... Response. Uh, oh, I love a deluge. Well, I'll hand over to you with regards to the... The uh, ribbon, Frank, which you were discussing... The ribbon the... bookmark that comes built into some books. What's the criterion for that? I don't know. We've not had a sort of definitive criterion. We've had lots of good examples. So Liz Gates has said the Reader's Digest condensed novels had ribbon bookmarks attached. Yes, they did. They did. And also they had the kind of covers that was they were almost quilted. You thought... <laughs> you, I, I've stayed in people's houses where... I've looked at the sofa and I thought I might be better off getting all their Reader's Digest condensed novels out onto, into a rectangle on the floor and sleeping on them. Yeah. They're slightly, slightly cushioned, um, slightly upholstered, the covers yeah. of the Reader's Digest. Compact. The sort of person who thinks what I need is a compact novel. I don't want to read full-length one. But yes, that's a very good, uh, very and, uh, good example. And Phil has said, uh, and I, I remember this from my childhood, Dungeons and Dragons books often had ribbons in. Oh, well, I never did. Um, I never did d and I'm surprised you did, Steve. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I once took part in a, as a 13-year-old, I took part in a sponsored 24-hour Dungeons and Dragons wow. role-playing session. I, I, I sold it all on eBay from my mum's my shed is it, all my is, old stuff is that what they play in Stranger Things yes it's had a, the upside down it's world it's had a it? massive resurgence Dungeons and Dragons because of Stranger Things so it, it goes for a fortune old stuff on eBay now because Stranger Things has revived the I didn't love know of there Dungeons were book, and Dragons spin off books though oh there's a whole it's, there's, there is there's mountains of the stuff you can go if deep if I ever go to a Dungeons and Dragons convention I'm going to wear one of those Australian hats <laughs> and take all the corks off and I'm going to have to spin <laughs> off books dangling by their spinal ribbons <laughs> to show that I'm part of the group Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio we've had a few um, more comments on ribbons book ribbons Tams and it said cookbooks Oh, Which, uh, they have them, do they? I don't, I don't know if I've ever opened a cookbook. <laughs> they have them. They do. Wow, that's a wee. I would not have guessed that. Mm. Are they, are they um, wipeable? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ewan McCauley says the Bible. Oh, uh, yeah, the Bible and prayer books, I agree. They're, they're, I think they're the sort of... They're the way you expect it. Mm. But there's some way... I like a cookbook, I would never have got that. <laughs> Mm. And uh, Catboy says, diary, journal, ledger, or Hogwarts register. <laughs> Catboy. Catboy's on fire this morning. Hogwarts register. Who'd yeah. be on that? I could name a few. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. I wanted to also return to uh, the show last week, and I think we nearly did, and then we took a turn, didn't we? Your, who's your favourite inventor? Was a question we asked last week, Frank. Yes, I went for Wilfred Makepeace Lon. Oh yeah, Wilf- it was a Wilf- sort of. I don't know if he really invented stuff, but he was like a he was like a t- kids TV, yeah. not even kids TV, a TV presenter. An idea. It was the idea of a bloke who sat in his shed making yeah, yeah. stuff that would slightly change the world. Yes, because I've got a feeling that the you know it was quite a it was something of a career. It felt more of a career ambition in in the seventies because yeah, yeah. I I wanted to be an I wanted to be a professor of sweets when I was a child. <laughs> but I think that felt like an achievable, sort of desirable thing to do. We've had Louise Lombard. Not Lombard. Not not Lombard. Not Louise. Not, um, <laughs> what was it called, that programme? House of Elliot. House of Elliot, yeah. <laughs> yes. I knew Louise Lombard. There you go. Oh, yesterday, <laughs> when I was young, so many, many songs were waiting to be sung. Carry on. Louise Lombard. Okay. Uh, says, uh, it reminded me of my... Um, you guys discussing my favourite inventors reminded me of my all-time favourite. The Kenwood chef was invented by none other than Mr Kenneth Wood. Was it really? <laughs> then, it gets better, guys. Reply from John Wood, correct, my stepdad. Oh, what? Oh, that's brilliant. And I've, got, I've, I've checked out, he checks out John Wood... And uh, he even has in his bio, stepdad started Kenwood. That's really good. I think I met um, the the dad, at uh, the stepdad at a party. It's a very good mixer. (laughs) 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 Was there any love for Heinz Wolf? last week? That's who who I think of. In a sort of similar territory as... uh, Wilf Lunn. Oh, okay. He used to host the, uh, the Great Egg Race. Oh, yes! They're not, on, they're not on anymore, but they're probably on um, CBBC now or CITV, aren't they? I think that would be the home for, for your populist inventor. Yeah, yeah. Tony Stark, of course. He's, he's made it sexy, inventing <laughs> business. Mickey Hole 11 uh, says Trevor Bayliss, no question. Trevor yeah. Bayliss? The, uh, the wind-up radio, is that? Yes, do you oh, remember that? Oh, man. Wind up radio, so Ian Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Oh, and then here's a question now. Um, you know the Moral Maze is on uh, Radio 4? I think this is a little mini version <laughs> of that. My son, who's eight, supports Tottenham Hotspur. I know. you got to let him out, you know, you got to let him... Make their own mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I let him watch the first half of um, the League Cup game on Tuesday night oh. against Chelsea. So he watched that. And then it's too late. It's a school night. You know, that's absolutely... That's already beyond his go-to-bed time. So I uh, then he goes to bed at half-time. So he's gone to bed. I carry on watching. It goes to a penalty shootout. What do you do? Oh... <gasps> Oh. Eight-year-old school night, bots penalty shootout. What would you do, Steve? I would. It would be very dependent on whether my wife was in the house or not. Okay. If if I was if yeah if if it was just me, I'd wake him up. Okay. And kind of go. This is it's this is an in, this is a, a part of life. Yeah. You you know you've got to get used to this knife edge, the disappointment or, well, well, or the glory. Him, you know, let's face it, there's not much theatre available at the moment. Yeah. The penalty shootout is is always. Is, is that the game where Eric Dyer had to nip off to use the facilities? That's right. Yes, I'd have That's woken right. him up for that. Yes. I'd gone. This doesn't happen that very I often. I've been very quick to do yeah. that. It's, yeah. only, it's this and Jason Punchin. They're the only two who've done it. So oh, I didn't know Jason. So what? So you yeah. Anyway. I, w- I went and got him up. Fantastic. It's a penalty shootout. Respect. And also, um, what do you get your child up for? Uh, <laughs> 8, 12, 15. Um, I, as a child, it just didn't apply in our house. I went to bed, I mean, when I was his age, I was going to bed at 11 o'clock at night. 
I would be at school talking about a hard-hitting kitchen sink <laughs> drama I'd seen the previous night on television at nine o'clock, and the kids are saying, what are you talking about? There is no nine o'clock at night. <laughs> well, this is where our childhoods converged, I think. And they don't in many areas. No, but, doing but this. similarly, my parents um, weren't fans of the, the bedtime observation. I think they thought it was a bit sort of small-minded to give a child a bedtime. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit, what, what do you mean? Just live and let live was yeah. their approach. My, my dad allowed me to stay up for the Dennis Taylor, Steve Davis oh, that was uh, like... final in, in, in 1985. And that was, it felt like this is a real treat. And it was, it was very, very late. Yeah, mm. but it was. I'm, I'm I think, always grateful. I think I, they, they had to let me stay up for that because I was 28. <laughs> um, Eurovision results. Children were always allowed to stay up for those. I think. But I think is we're staying up is one thing. Waking yeah. a child. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to. Uh, we used to watch the uh, listen to the. Uh, Muhammad Ali fights, even the Cassius Clay fights. He would get me up, but we'd plan that. He'd say, you go to bed and I'll come and get you when oh, you it on the radio. Yeah. But, um, but this was... Uh, I'd, do it, I'd do it again. What about that? <laughs> do you want to hear this from Dan from Chester? I'd like to see if you can finish this uh, in response to what you've just said. Okay. Finish this uh, text. As a Forest fan, I'd wake my child up if we got a... Corner. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wind up radio here on uh, Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text us on 812.15. Many have. Again, it's a rich, rich tapestry of text from a fabulous readers uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio there's one or two bright people there as well and then email the show via the Absolute Radio website that's for the old the older listeners Frank you were not uh, really you had a bit of a poser uh, before we went to the commercial break what would you wake up a child for or what were what sort of TV event were you woken up for? Right. We've had we've had people in their droves. Oh, okay. Milton? Not for Milton. <laughs> what? Some sort of reading of Paradise Lost. <laughs> He's regained it now, it's all right. Okay. Um Milton Red Shoe Diaries. That this you wouldn't get someone up for red shoe diaries. <laughs> you sound like my kind of parents, Milton's parents. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I gotta say. Is everyone familiar with the red shoe diaries? Well, I I, I see in the listings uh, regularly. What's the nature of it? Can you sum it up? I believe. Are you familiar with it, Steve? I, I believe it We've to all be some form it. of. Uh... Well, I know it's a pa- it's a Powell and Pressburger film. As, as far as I'm... No, that's no, the Red it's... Shoes. Oh, what's the no. Red Shoe Diaries? The Red Shoe Diaries, I think it is. Isn't it not some sort of erotica? <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, I don't think it's erotica, is it? I We're all laughing, but now we don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> I'll be honest, I wasn't going to read it. I thought it was a flippant response, a slightly cheeky response oh, from no. someone. I, oh. th- I, I could be getting this totally wrong. I think it's David Duchovny. But I might be. I could oh, be. He's respectable. It can't I don't be. Know who that My is. internal he was IMDb. Could oh, be oh him. Me wrong yes. Here. Yeah. I thought it was oh, a late thought... night soft core. Oh. Uh, well, I think it says so much about us, if you don't mind me saying that. I <laughs> yeah, thought it was we... the Powell and Pressburger film, and you thought it was the late night erotica. Frank, what did you think it was? I thought it was a, a documentary about Pope Benedict, <laughs> <laughs> who famously wore red Gucci slip-on shoes when he was uh, when he was the Pope. Or were they Prada? Prada slippers, that's what he used to wear, red Prada slippers. Okay. Listen, I've had something which I've been holding back, but I, I, I was sitting at home and thinking to myself, you know, I need to be a bit more radio presentery and a bit less ridiculous. Okay. So I, I, I got in, I've, I've gone in touch with my producer. I sent her something I wanted to turn it into a jingle. If this isn't quintessential commercial radio, listen, no, I've finally arrived. Brace yourselves. Good, good morning. Good, 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 good morning. Good, 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 good morning to, to you. Call. 
come on. That's the radio deal. That's what they want. That's amazing. That's what they want. They don't want the Red Shoe Diaries debate. I, I love that you can just have that done. That's... They want, they How want... would you ideally... Once you played well, that, do I do, Lee. <laughs> Once you played that jingle, yeah, would you come straight in afterwards? How would you do it? Yeah, I'd say uh, <laughs> let's try it, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's give it a go. Good, good morning. <laughs> good, good, good morning. Good God. Good, good, good morning to, to you. Yes, it is a very good morning here on Absolute Radio. We've got some great music for you, but first of all. An Aubrey Beardsley conversation. <laughs> uh, so in, you get the best of both worlds, if, if you know what I mean. Well, what I like about that, Frank, Aubrey is... Aubrey Beardsley was a 19th century uh, illustrator. It's... Uh, <laughs> it's... Um, you're luring them in. Yes. I think it's the... Um, it's the slightly withered hand with the um, <laughs> occult ring on it. Yes. In... Um, in the crocodile-shaped oven glove. How, yes. how did you explain what you wanted for that? Because it's got a well, Harry no. Neil, there's a bit of Harry Nielsen... I'll be honest, I discovered the song and I thought, this would make a, a terrible jingle. <laughs> and I, I went from that. So it was chance, me a chance. Mm. Um, like the, I live like the dice man, Luke Reinhardt. <laughs> That's how I find my jingles. Buy me a chance. <laughs> I love saying, I never get the sound to say, chance to say aye, like that. <laughs> chance, just a chance, you see. Adam Chance. Adam Chance was in Crossroads. Adam Chance was in... Um, He's in Crossroads. Fabulous character. He, had a good he was in the moustache chair. He was, he was. <laughs> he was also in Doctor Who. Mm. Anyway, they all were. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Talking about getting woken up for sort of TV events, mm. 577, the Miss World contest in 1974. I was eight years old. My dad gave me a piggyback down the stairs so as not to wake my six-year-old brother. Was it for the announcement at the end or the whole contest? Uh, well, this is Linda from Cambridge, by the way. Thank you, Linda. I'm assuming... It she wasn't was... for the feminist invasion. That wasn't 74, was it? It was slow. Oh, it might well have been. I think no. She says I love the glamour of it all. There's no oh, reference yes. to that. So I suspect it was more. You always wanted to know the winner. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's the thing. Can you believe that people? I mean, who yeah, is? Yeah. What country <laughs> is the current Miss World, Emily? <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, see, we don't know. Do we? Just, I, yeah, Venezuela no always started to ace it in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, but you'd get like Miss Guam and stuff. I thought. I'd, See, it was educational. It was, it was geographically <laughs> educational. And Bruce Forsyth's Will Neelia was... Was she yeah. Miss World? Uh, I, I don't know if she was in it. I don't know if she I won it. I don't know which country she represented, but, yeah, she did. I don't think she was his first Miss World, though. I think... Uh, I think there was... Uh, but he went yes, out with another contestant. He mm. might have even gone out with Anne Sidney, the English today. Uh, Miss, today, Miss three UK. looks like carelessness. <laughs> 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 um, the last one uh, I, I interviewed uh, a Miss World, and um, how was not, it? Not so long ago, perhaps ten years ago, or something. It was Krista Berg's daughter. She won Miss World. Yes, and I'd I met Krista Berg. I, I bumped into him in, into the in the pits at Silverstone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He told, he told me, he said, he'll never forget the way you look that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, he's very short, God bless him. Yes, That's I not know. a bad thing, I'm just telling you. But she is statuesque. She's, like, multi-tall. Mm. So um, what about that? Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> Genetics. <laughs> hey, what do you make of it? It's a Bernie Eccleston... Well, uh, James, James Mott has said that he's got, he got his children up to watch the SpaceX Falcon launch. Wow, because we'd had someone else had said that they they'd been woken up by their dad to, to watch the moon landing. A lot of moon landings. I fell asleep but, during. Um, they let me stay up all night for the moon landing, then I fell asleep uh, during the actual yeah. walk. Because certainly the SpaceX that's that's the first one that's been as exciting for a long time, and, it, and it, in fact. Elon Musk feels like he's kind of the in, in the. No, stop talking! Chair. Stop talking! It's making me uneasy. You got a frog in your throat. Yeah. You're battling. Okay, it. you deal with the frog. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to quote Bilbo Bakewell. Oh, that's good. 
my dad, who is a huge cowboy and westerns film fan, mm. once woke me up to watch the John Wayne film The Shootist, which was John Wayne's last film before he passed away. Yeah, did his dad think it was live or something? <laughs> no, Rosh, is it? Have not got, can't let record stop these people. And uh, uh, Jerry Armstrong used to get woken up to watch uh, The Hitman and Her. Well, Jerry Armstrong played for the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> the Hitman and Her, though. Oh, The Hitman. By the way, that, that, that guy's dad should listen to my poetry podcast this week, which is about the wild... A woman who wrote a poem about the Wild West. And can I say, what about this for a poetry podcast? You know, you know what? I don't know if you're into poetry at all, but people well, think I am po- now, Frank. People, because people of you. think poetry. Oh, that's what they think. <laughs> I actually had contact from um, my lords and masters at Bower, asking if I could put a warning on this week's one for disturbing images. On a poetry wow. podcast. That's got to be a first, doesn't it? <laughs> po- poetry too hot for broadcast. You know, people expect it to start with, like, acoustic classical guitar. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to... Fr- yeah. Disturbing images. Oh, my goodness. Can I just share with you the work of Tracy Cliff? <clears throat> Mainly because, respect Tracy, she's managed to incorporate two text themes uh, consecutive for consecutive weeks. Roger's Thesaurus was mentioned briefly. You may recall, Frank. Yes, it was. What would it be like being at school with Roger? <laughs> cool, it's hot in here. Well, is it hot or is it... Uh... <laughs> Is it, what would it be? Torrid. Yeah. Uh, Tracy says, I meant to message the other week to say, I still have my beloved Roger's thesaurus ah. that I think I received for my birthday about 38 years ago. Does she mean cherished? <laughs> <laughs> Roger, give it a rest, mate. And it definitely warrants its spinal ribbon. Oh. Yeah. It's a Roger with a ribbon. Roger with a ribbon, I know, I know. And there's, a com- there's a companion tweet to that. I think it was Paul earlier said that his copy of uh, uh, Roger's Profanosaurus from Viz came with a, a ribbon a, as well. That had a ribbon. He, See, those are one of those random, random mm. spinal ribbon. And a lot of people, can I just say, have been tweeting to say, oh, lots of Olympics people, a lot of people allowed to watch the. Um, Los Angeles Olympics. Oh, okay. Mm, yes. Uh, okay, that concludes the results for the uh, Swedish jury. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Steve Hall. Steve Hall now is going to be the one that comes on and goes, hey, having a great <laughs> night. Uh, you guys are doing a brilliant job. And then maybe does a joke and they're saying, yes, yes, can we get to the results, please? And when they get to the 12 point, they go, and the 12 points go to, mm, it's kind of tense. <laughs> and you just think, please say there's um, there's a brilliant when when Ulrika hosted uh, when after Britain had won in '97 and '98, they get they go to Switzerland or something like that, and the woman reading the Swiss results says, "I did what you're doing, uh, Ulrika. When Switzerland won, I I, pr- I I presented as well." And Ulrika Johnson replies, "That must have been a very long time ago." Ooh. And it gets this kind of astonished response from the crowd. Like the, it's a laugh that like rolls and rolls and rolls. Meaning that she was old. Yeah, yeah. And I, and it, it was, I think it was meant as a friendly joke that ended up having way more force. Yeah, I can see that as a joke, thinking, oh, Switzerland, they don't win it very often. And then it suddenly becomes... I know someone who did, um, was doing auditions in Soho for, um, for a sitcom. And... Um, I don't want to go into too much details, but... Um, I'm asking for a friend. It was on the top <laughs> floor, uh, so it was about uh, seven floor. Anyway, so they, they were running behind time, and uh, there was a very large lady turned up for the audition, and she came in and said, oh, oh God, I'm sorry about your weight. And... Uh, Clearly, it was the, the, the woman wasn't sure, and it was it was just a terrible tense. Yeah, but I yeah. think it can, from complete good intentions, I think mm. those things <laughs> can occur. Goodness I'm thinking me. of one. Another one. I had uh, I had uh, I was at a test match with uh, a person who was the wife of uh, 
a senior cricket administrator. I feel so sick. I kept, this is, I might have to leave the room while you tell this story. Yeah, she was the wife of a senior cricket administrator and she was, you know, full, full-figured oh. woman. Oh. And uh, we were having a cream tea and I said, I bet you've had a few cream teas in your time. <laughs> oh, Meaning that you're in cricket. It's a, you know, it, it can be so <laughs> innocent. Not always, obviously. It's nice to see you both. I haven't seen you in some time, lockdown notwithstanding. It's been. I'm uh, glad that you're saying that 90 minutes into the <laughs> into the show. Though, can I thank Ross Buchanan for the for this morning? Yeah, that's the latest ever thank you on commercial radio for <laughs> the previous presenter. How's it How's it going? Well, I because we used to be near neighbours, and yes. uh, and I have now moved out of London for the first time in 20 oh, years. Oh, have you? So uh, I'm now re- uh, living in Oxford. Oh, um, because uh, dreamy spies, indeed. Endeavour Morse. It's, yeah. uh, well, my wife uh, is a. My wife. Uh, my wife is. <laughs> I am very much punching with my wife. She's a, a extremely intelligent lady. Um, uh, I, what does that mean? I'm punching with my wife. Punching. Just, I'm doing doing well for myself. Clear, I want to clear that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, that's a very good. Oh, point. you mean you've? Okay, you. Yeah, yes. that's a very good point. But, yeah. Yes. Well, I am. Um, We've moved, so she has started a research fellowship. She's a psychologist. Goodness. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's pioneering research into a thing called misophonia, uh, which is the disproportionate hatred or reaction to certain noises. Uh, oh and I'm fairly God. sure this is something that you've said in the I've past, Emily, that you have. I've I think it's in the Laurel and Hardy film when he gets get <laughs> something like Trumpophobia because he's frightened of Trumpophobia because has a different feeling there. But <laughs> whenever Oliver Hardy hears a trumpet, he goes on the rampage. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, so... Uh, I'll have to get them to watch it. Ah. So it's, it, does it start with the basics, like fingernails on a blackboard? It's, it's, Can it's, you explain it to us? Because I think I've got it, so I'd like yeah. a proper diagnosis. It's more extreme than because fingernails down a blackboard is a thing that most people you know would mm. probably have a reaction to whereas it's it's kind of an irrational or disproportionate reaction to so it could be the sound of someone breathing or the sound of a clock ticking or someone eating popcorn in a cinema oh. so, so my wife has it and that's why she wants to research it so oh. um when she'd first moved over from australia the first time we slept in the same bed uh, the, the next one she went do you always breathe like that uh, That's because I think it goes, they breathe the other way around, don't they? <laughs> like the plug hole thing. But, uh, Something yeah. to do with the hemisphere. She was, wife is Australian. How have yeah. you sorted say. that out? Um, I have under, I've gone under the surgeon's knife. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I broke my nose playing football. Comedians football on a Tuesday, I blocked a cross from Milton Jones mm. with okay. my face, and uh, I'm pretty sure I did something to it. So the good old NHS sorted that out and basically saved my marriage. She said, she said, the noises I make repulse her, which I think some absolute wow. listeners feel the same way. She has an operation. Yeah, so I, so I underwent an operation. But what's, what's your, what, are the, what are your triggers, Em? What are, what are the things I that you... I have... Um, whenever I'm in... I find it difficult if I'm in... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's so hot in here that no one else seems to have noticed. I feel like I'm in the Raj. <laughs> Where's my red tunic and will I have high tiffin? <laughs> Sorry. I, I have... It's sort of everything. I mean, I, ca- I can't really sit in cinemas anymore or theatres uh, because people's noises, just people crossing their legs, hearing oh. the rustle of trousers... Wow. I was once at a ballet, um, my, my relatable anecdote, <laughs> I was once at the ballet and I could hear the principal dancer's shoes hitting, I could hear the ballet shoes hitting the wooden slats and yeah. I found it unbearable. I've got to say, I've, I've, I've only ever been to two ballets in my time. Uh, it, it didn't grab me, but I was... I remember that moment of thinking, oh, God, I didn't think you'd be able to hear them. I, I imagine yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. barely touch the it. ground, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's, 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 some, it's one of the shabbier aspects of ballet, <laughs> that they can't do it quietly. I do, I mean, if I hear, if I'm working, and if I hear street noise, children shouting in the street, you know what, they're like the school children, uh, I will sometimes go out... I mean, I, I don't actually... I've not turned wow. into that... Per- well, it's just when they're, they're all shouting, Frank. They're going, oh, oh, oh. People 
people do that in the street, they're not just children. <laughs> How can they do that? <laughs> well, I don't know. You, um, and you live in London. <laughs> I can't bear it. Well, there's oh. different responses too. We can probably go into it in a bit more detail. There's different sure. responses I can tell you about too. Well, that's, um, the, there's a cliffhanger I wasn't anticipating this morning. Different responses to, what's he called? Misophonia. Misophobia. Misophobia. Stick around. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Um, now, if you, you, those of you, um, you can move away from the edge of your seats. <laughs> We're back to misophonia. Misophonia is when there are noises that really, really upset you big time. Yeah, and it's not necessarily hate. It's just a, like a disproportionate reaction, whatever that might be, whether it's disgust or... And it sounded like from yours, M. disgust might be... Could it be joy? I guess it could. I mean, it's, if like, there would be... Like dogs... Uh, toenails on linoleum oh, yeah. always reminds oh, yeah, me of yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my yeah. childhood. Yeah, it was like the sound of a tram going over, uh, uh, car wheels going over tram tracks. Mm. Oh, God, I thought he was going to say car wheels going over a tram. I thought he was going to say that. <laughs> We're talking about memories of our childhood. <laughs> Thank it's God. An, so, for me, it's um, rustling of any right. sort. Um, I mean, it's pretty much any noise we'll at keep all. You, we'll keep you out of the Wild West. Wow, it you sounds awful. Oh, it's, Frank, it's, so it's, it's awful. It's, and I'm aware that, it's my, that the problem is mine. You know, I'm aware that other people go about their lives and they're happy to hear these noises. Well, this, so this is one of the interesting things they're trying to work out. Is, is your response, I find that disgusting, what is wrong with those people because they don't know that they're being disgusting? Or is your response, what's wrong with me that I'm the only one who gets affected by it. No, I feel shame over it. Yes, uh, that's interesting. Oh, OK, what does that mean? Well, it's, it, so it's called... Cause the thing Bear it's in called, mind, this is commercial radio <laughs> yeah. comedy. Yeah. It's called Selective Sound Sensitivity Syndrome. Ah, oh, uh, too much alliteration yeah. for people who don't like sounds. Exactly. What if you don't like alliteration? Exactly, well, the sibilance... It's, oh, if you Frank, su- I've got the four S's. <laughs> oh, but uh, but well, the idea is that therapy can fix it. So this is the therapy has worked. Oh, I've spent enough okay. on that, love. <laughs> and they're trying to work out. Well, so we could we could cure you, okay. or, or you could move out. Sell, of he's trying to sell a service. I think my partner might have this. We've been in in hotel rooms where she's gone. God, can you hear that? And I literally yeah. all I could hear was what I would call silence. But what I call silence is not what the the earth. Industrial Britain hums. There's a general yeah, yeah. Mm, just come emanating from everything. I like it. I find it reassuring. Well, that could, that could be it. Like my wife has physically ripped. My a, wife. <laughs> she's physically ripped a donut out of my hand and thrown it in the bin because she was so furious with the way I was eating it, and I mm. thought I wasn't eating it. Are you quite a noisy eater? No, no, no. I'm. Uh, well, Very how do we know, though? It's all right. It's all right when they do it. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got your word that for it. That is true. No one thinks they're a noisy eater. I work with a guy who, um, whose wife wore industrial ear protectors at the, at the meal table because she couldn't stand the noise that he made. Wow. I think we have to try and encourage a bit of tolerance. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. One of the things that happened is that people didn't know this was a thing. So there are certain people who hear the word misophonia for the first time and kind of go, oh, right, there's a word for it. Like, this mm. this isn't just lunacy. This is something that can be worked on. But, I, but I, I, at the same time, you're exactly right. I've tried to argue with my wife, like, at what point does it... Is it just hoity-toitiness? Yeah. Oh, we can't help it. I yeah. mean, th- thanks for your sympathy. <laughs> you woke up in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner with Emily Dean and Steve Hall, who's with us today. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Oh, what a week it's been on the old world yeah. event stage. Yeah. We, were, we were talking about things we stayed up to watch as children. Of yes. course, there was something that we could stay up to watch this week. Yes, I, 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 I watched a bit, not live, but I watched a bit of the presidential debate. We oh, should yes. say, of course, that President Trump is ill in hospital and... Uh, and uh, we don't. We, we hope he's. We hope he's all right. As his fellow yeah, human being, absolutely. I can honestly say I hope he's all right. Have you seen Mike Pence? <laughs> Mike Pence has got the eyes of someone who could press the button without a second thought. I think. Yes, 
He only calls his wife mother. Is that uh, right? My dad used to call my mum wife, which I always thought was fabulously sort of Chaucerian. Yes. But, um, what I'm imagining, because Trump is still, um, he's still tweeting and, and all that, and mm. he, he walked to the plane when he went to hospital and all yes. this stuff. So I'm guessing he's, well, everything suggests that he's, he's you know, he's, he's, he hasn't got one of the bad ones. Yes. But I, what the image that I want is him watching Mike Pence be president, like Larry Sanders <laughs> watching that one when Hank <laughs> takes over the show. And when it's going well, Larry Sanders, you just get a shot of him, absolutely. Not looking horrified, just looking, but you know he's horrified. And then he goes wrong for Hank and he's based the same expression but you know he's absolutely <laughs> delighted we should say as that. well that this was predicted uh, <clears throat> that, uh, that Donald would um, get Covid by the Bulgarian mystic Baba Vanga is that right is that do true? you know Baba Vanga no oh you've got to get I... involved Frank I mean she's no longer with us sadly she was a blind mystic okay um, she was kind of the Balkan Nostradamus and she predicted all sorts. Baba Vanga. Yeah, Baba Vanga. I've when just got Oasis. Don't look Baba Vanga. I heard you say. I would say she had. What did she predict for twenty? She would always say things when like. When did she die then? If she's doing twenty twenty predictions. Oh, she died about twenty five years ago. Oh, oh I see. One I, of thought, those. Right, I thought you were. Like, I thought she was like a Paul the Octopus type. But no, she predicted. <laughs> she said he'd fall ill with a mysterious illness. Who did she say? Baba Vanga said. Um, Donald Trump would. But she didn't say Donald Trump, did she? I don't know. I'll need to check with her um, admin team. Uh, she said something like, oh, she said the giant. <laughs> you need to check with the Vanga boys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, I'm sorry. I could talk about Baba Vanga for ages. <laughs> but I won't. But the world is going to end. I think it's 5079. Well, that's not too well, We're OK, I'll, then. I'll settle for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Thank you, uh, Baba Vanga. I'll take that. <laughs> That's like people's estimates coming in. I've looked at a few, and you're the one I'm uh, I'm going for. When can you start? Okay. Well, there's talk now. The presidential debate was one of the hardest pieces of television I've ever watched yeah. because. I tell you what. Many years ago, I used to work at. Uh, I used to do a show called Fantasy Football, which you may have heard of, and we filmed it. Um, at these studios where they also filmed 15 to 1 in the days when William G. Stewart was there. And I was talking to one of the guys who worked in the Eddy and he said, we were 90 seconds over on this uh, thing. We have to get it down to time. And this episode of 15 to 1 was 90 seconds too long. He said, we tried, we just couldn't cut anymore because you've got to have questions and answers, mm. you know, to get the scores. We just could not cut another thing. So what we did is we speeded it up a little <laughs> tiny bit to get rid of the 90 seconds, and it worked. <laughs> and he said, you'd hardly notice it when you watch it. And I thought, what an idea. And it's like this. They've thought, we've both got a lot to say. Let's yeah. just talk simultaneously. <laughs> and we can get it all done in half the time. But, oh, God, it was hard to, hard to was, watch that. It, it felt like a cattle auction at times, the way they were talking over each other. Yeah, it was it was uh, an unkind, unkindness. Yeah. I mean, it was harder, like... harder to watch than Medusa's face. It was exhausting, depressing stuff, given how important it was. I like What I do like, though, on a lighter note, is how um, I love the, that Donald Trump does the uh, Spice Girls moniker for everyone. So, Crooked Hillary, oh. Sleepy Joe. Yeah. So oh, he always yeah. perceives himself as Crooked Hillary. He never just says Joe Biden. He never just says Hillary. He's got to describe them yes, in some yeah. way. So, I'd like us to all think about what, what our Donald Trump moniker would be. You okay. would have to be Gittish Frank, I'm afraid. Oh, goodness. <laughs> It would have been skittish in the old days. That's you gone. might not have that. You can choose your own, OK? OK. What about anxious, Steve? <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. What would it's, I get? It's, it's, get? it's a step up from empty hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that again. Not in the current climate. <laughs> Socially distanced hall. Let's call it that. Oh, dear. I'd get... um. 
obnoxious, Emily. I oh, think. no. I think, no, but no. I'm saying how, how Trump would perceive Well, you've given you yourself... You're, you, you are the divine Miss M, so you've kind of you've given yourself a nice Well, I know, but nice I think one. the point about the Trump moniker is it can't be filled no, with praise. No, it has to be, it has to be yes, yeah, sleepy yeah. Joe. Yeah. Something sweet about sleepy Joe. Yeah, it's, well, it's not as good as Crooked Hillary. I think Joe Biden's teeth are whiter than Donald Trump's. What about when Donald Trump said, I've done more in 47 months than you've done in 47 years? And I think he wasn't in power for 47 yeah, yeah. years. He was the 47th vice president. Oh, is that what it was? I think he got it wrong. He made a mistake. Never mind. No, I don't. I, well, I can't accept that. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank Paula Bailey says, my mother used to bring me downstairs for the Saturday night Hammer Horror double bill. Oh, all right. <laughs> what a mum. Then you have to go back to bed after that. Yeah. My brother, Keith, stopped up watch, to watch The Outer Limits on his own. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he was very old either. And that was quite a scary programme. He used to be on late at night. And my other brother, Terry, uh, went upstairs to bed. Ha, ha. What he actually did was got his fishing rod put a matchstick on the end not a matchstick a matchbox on the end and tapped on the window from outside of the room where, where um, Keith was watching the outer limits and uh, my dad was aware of someone being on the landing so he went out there's Terry fishing out the window so he goes downstairs Keith is under the table terrified that someone's knocking at the window we've also uh, got from uh, it's a comedy family <laughs> Daniel McMurty Frank has given us confirmation on the Red Shoe Diaries oh yes I thought it was the Powell and Pressburger film <laughs> Steve Hall thought there was some uh, eroticism in it Indeed. Frank where were you on it I thought it was a camp musical theatre kind of a I like to think it sums us all up in some way. (laughs) Daniel McMurty says, Red Shoe Diaries, defo a bit naughty. David Duchovny introduced it, like Roald Dahl in Tales of the Unsurprising. Oh. Unexpected. I I know, but he said unsurprising. (laughs) I don't know if he's being unkind or what is going on. Um, Oh, okay. So it's one of those, um, like Michael Winner's True Crimes. (laughs) One of my (laughs) favourite. Michael Winner would be holding a big book. Sitting in a chair. With, very much with a red ribbon down the middle, Frank. Yeah, oh, that was a ribbon book. And he would begin um, the one that sticks in my memory. I know, I've probably made it up, but it's the one I always think of. It's, uh, <laughs> they say hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> that was certainly the case for Eileen Willis on the 17th of March, 1959. <laughs> <laughs> then it goes wobbles into the drama. Oh, man. So I, now oh, they, they think so. What they reckon will happen is the next president, because they were t- talking, they'd have to change things so this couldn't happen again. So they didn't talk over each other. I was thinking. Do you remember the sort of? There used to be a barometer, and this is again me going back to my childhood. Mm. There used to be a barometer which they called a weather house. Yes, and there were two doors, and when it was damp, the man, the little man would come out of one of the doors and when it was warmer he'd go in and the lady would come out. Right. Mm. So I wonder if they could have something <laughs> like that so they couldn't talk over each other at any point. Yeah. yeah. Well this would be suited to a Zoom debate because you could then mute them if they uh, Well of course the next one might have to be on Zoom if because if, of yes, the quarantine. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I believe they said they, yeah, they might are there two more? I'd I love think. to see a Donald Trump Zoom if Donald Trump oh, really yeah. wanted to reassure his his hardcore followers, he could do a Zoom one <laughs> with a completely empty bookcase <laughs> behind him just to reassure them that he's their man. Maybe <laughs> cobweb or two. It's weird, though, Frank. There's no... The difference between these American debates and the, when they have the leadership debates here... There's no ramp into them, I find. You know how normally there's a sort of British pleasantry, like, yeah. and welcome, so uh, hello, everyone, and they just go straight in. I mean, it was pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when Biden said he was the worst president America had ever had, I mean, why bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We're talking about the presidential debate. Well, I tell you what put me off Joe Biden and why I won't be voting for him. 
He called um, President Trump a clown. And I don't like clown used as an insult. I take that as a personal. I am part, let's face it, of the clown community. Yes. You yeah. are, Steve. Indeed, well. yeah. And I don't like it used as a derogatory term. Because mm. clown's ridiculousness is... It's deliberate, you know. It's yeah. it's, it's 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 crafted. I yes, suppose Tr- I would, Trump's sorry. facial colouring could be considered a clown makeup. I, you know, there's if those clowns. I have thought the, I thought he looked a bit pale in the debate. I really because I, I agree the with you the about. <laughs> I agree with you about clown. I feel uh, sort of wrecking ball is more appropriate. Yeah, but um, well, he apologised. There was one point where he said he said clown. He went, "I'm sorry, person." Uh, oh, and sort of walked it back a bit, because yeah. oh, okay. he went stop. He went stop yapping. It's been a tough point. year for clowns. They don't need any yeah, extra. Yeah. And what's happened? Stop. Is a Northampton clown all right? Um, I don't know about him. I don't think he's a bona fide what's happened clown. To him? I was good. Do you remember I wanted to go out with him, Frank? <laughs> oh, I really wish he'd call me. Well, he's not orange, of course, because <laughs> he wears the best block in the world. I don't know if you remember the Northampton clown. It was a, a man. I think it was a man, was he? It would appear yeah. in full clown yes. makeup just in the middle of the night in Northampton. <laughs> And, I, and I, said, yeah. I sort of had a slight shouldn't but would about wow. him. Yeah, I he, thought he, he was, was in the inappropriate so. crush chair. Yeah. I was worried about I'll tell like... you what I thought might have got... I'm sorry to go off topic briefly, but did you see this week there were some pictures of you, Frank, in the, print me, in the press media, mm. uh, dressed as Samuel Johnson... Oh, yeah. For the fourth... Co- when is it on, that documentary, It's on please? the 6th of October. It, well, it's a three-parter. It begins on the 6th of October. Oh, yeah. well, you say that like it's a far-off date. I mean, that's some three days away, man. Oh, is it? Wednesday. Oh, yeah. She is flying by. Yes. Um, Wednesday, 6th of October. What time, please? Oh, I, I don't know. I think oh, it's not. It's on, it's on Sky Arts. Anyway, anyway, this is you um, retreading the steps of Samuel Johnson. Yes, uh, into the uh, the Western Islands of Scotland. Very, and very did fine. You see the with pictures? my, my uh, um, with my associate Denise Minor, the uh, the writer, <laughs> who's fabulous. I, she um, is. I did see the pictures. What did you think? Because I've got to say, I mean, Frank and I have, yeah, as you know, we've always avoided any walks down uh, Amorous Lane. Mm. But I've got to say, those pictures, Frank, it, it's working. It worked for you, that look. Well, I thought, you know, what I might, I might have found my look. <laughs> and that's a slight problem as it's sort of 18th century <laughs> literary figure, chic, which you can't wear on an everyday basis. Well, because I've been looking forward to seeing the Aubrey Beardsley hair. Oh, and, yes. then, and then that. What do you think? Steve? I think it's great. It's. Um, I mean, as, speaking as an yeah, outsider yeah, well, on here, and I'm an envious. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's mainly envy these days. Yeah. Whereas the the Boswell and Johnson one, it's, it's sort of the missing link between that's Samuel Johnson so and, and Slade. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm a bit slim for uh, Samuel Johnson. <laughs> I have to say though, it was. Um, it just. You know what? Sometimes it all comes together. And you found your look. Yeah, but I can't. I can't adopt that as a regular. What about if I was coming in here Saturday morning dressed as an 18th century literary yes, figure? Yes, it would probably stray into specialist interest. Yeah. but it's working. Well, it could catch on. You get Bush and Ritchie will be turning up. Yeah, that's as Charles it, yeah. Dickens. <laughs> well, that's a bit a bit late. But yeah, Burke and Hare. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Frank, could I just mention something? Uh, did you, I think you may have referenced last week something through the local news stories. Yes, I was on about recurring local news stories that every now and again they come up on local. The one that stuck in my mind was gurning competitions where they'd have people looking through a horse's <laughs> collar pulling a terrible face. People not having teeth was a big plot <laughs> in gurning. And I think when I was a, a youth, everyone had their teeth at age 40. It was just the norm to have them all out because they were so rotten by oh, that Oh, is that point. why they had them out? Because, you know, it is a bit whatever happened to false teeth. Yeah. yeah, so everyone... I didn't know anyone over 45 who had their own teeth. So, um, I mean, this might just be the West Midlands, <laughs> I don't know. But th- so then you can, when you gurn, you can get your your jawbone right up <laughs> by your nostrils. Yes. But now that people have got teeth... Yeah. 
I think it's killed. Did they have to put a collar on? My, my memory yeah, is that there's, there's a thing. You look through a horse's collar. You look through a horse's collar, right. Do you like her Frank saying, I mean, now that people have got teeth. I know. It's a, it's, it's a letdown. <laughs> Frank, well, 646. It's killed. I mean, one thing people don't say about the improvement in the, in dentistry and orthodontics, Dentistry. Dentistry. Orthodontistry. Orthodontics, I'd go with. Oh, they they with never Steve, talk, yeah, always there you know, for teeth us. whitening and all that. They don't talk about the damage it's done to the gurning industry. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost wiped it out. Anyway. So I just wanted to uh, pick up on 646, who says regular local news stories. Uh, I always look forward to the mid December story on East Midlands today, where there's been a house burglary. And all the kids' Christmas presents have been stolen from under the tree. <laughs> Cue video of glum-faced kids staring at an empty space. I always suspect the parents are cooking up the story as they've blown the extras <laughs> fun on alcohol and are hoping the viewers will donate presents. Or, yeah, or maybe they actually put, like, phony presents under the tree <laughs> so the kids... There's no danger of the kids letting the story out at, at school or anything. Yeah, that is true. That I've, I've seen that one a time or two. My, my yeah. mum was interviewed on local news once. Which she one? Was, Which uh, local on news? Newsroom Southeast. Oh, okay, because she was a, she was a dinner lady at at her, my old Catholic primary school, and they were they, were, they would often run stories about changes, really obscure changes to like coach routines or coach schedules. So it was about busing kids to to this Catholic school that we that we went to, and my mum was a concerned resident, talking about how. Why should Catholic kids miss out? Quite right. Patrick Stewart, guys, was woken up to see, um, and I can tell he's one of one of your your brethren, Frank. Okay. At White Smoke from the Vatican. Oh, oh that's a good one. Yeah. To be woken up for. <laughs> would you that be woken up for family at night, though, Does he? Well, it depends Maybe what part does. of the world you're in. Maybe oh, that's a good uh, point. Yeah. Mm. Again, a good would point. your parents have woken you up to watch White Smoke from the Vatican? I don't think so. No, I oh. think I think they could have. Uh, they'd have. They'd have. Um, I remember. I think it's uh, John Lennon's birthday this weekend, and I remember getting up, and my mom said uh, had left a note saying John Lennon shot outside his flat in New York, oh. and then she'd written "dead" in block <laughs> capitals and underlined it about five times. I mean, it was the most, the worst possible way yeah. to find out some. She should never work as a uh, on a newspaper. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. thinking that. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a lovely light one to go into the music. Uh, <laughs> wait, hold on, there's only one way to follow that. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. Can we just share with you some outside... Absolutely, Frank, the noise yes. is really... I can hear it. Can you step away from <laughs> the mic? Thanks. Um, one eight... It's horrible. Uh, one eight two... Morning, guys. Talking about waking up for a special event, we woke up our seven-year-old daughter, Adelina, on New Year's Eve 2019 so she could watch Craig David see in the new year. She was not impressed as he was a little bit before her time. That's Ed from Barnet. What? Was he in their house or something? <laughs> Imagine being gone up for that. I'd be very upset if anyone got me up for that. I mean, God bless him. If she didn't know, he, he refers to his, his own name enough that if she didn't know who he was, she would very soon. Oh, mm. Yes, exactly. We've also heard from Cruitt, uh, who said, my mum, my mum's neighbour had all her teeth removed for her 21st birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was all the rage. I think my sister-in-law was 26 when she had all hers out. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what they, you know, it was... They'd think, oh, that's got them out, though. I nuisance that was. Frank, I'd also <laughs> like to share this with you from 344. You were referring to your podcast having a warning of some sort on it. Is that correct? Your yes, poetry my, podcast? my poetry podcast this week has actually got a warning of disturbing images on the front. I think the first ever poetry podcast to have a warning. <laughs> Respect. 344 has commented on this. Doesn't disturbing imagery just mean you're doing poetry right? Hey, what a guy. I think they or could go. expand yeah. the range. Parental guidance for implicit metaphor may contain iambic pentameter. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous work. Love it. Who was Excellent. that? 344, you know what? Uh, he's, yeah. he's anonymous. He's a man of mystery because he's poetic. I love it. 
We've had uh, Kate Strang uh, on the subject That's of things. A good name, That's a brilliant it? name. Things woken up in the night. She said that her mum introduced her to the young ones when it first appeared in Australia. She woke her it's kids up saying, show. "You have to get out of bed and come and watch this." Wow. I think that's a really. And she said they were hooked for life. Would you see? I love that mum. Yeah, that's really. That's great. great. If I was Kate Strang, I would have gone into medicine, wouldn't you? Just to be Doctor Strang. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'd love that so much. Irresistible. I wonder what Kate Strang does. What do you think? Oh. Well, anyway, let us know, Kate. I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. We um, quite a few people were woken up to see Halley's Comet as well, which I thought was. Uh, I believe it is. It, do you say Halley's? I well, if I called it Hawley's Comet, it would it would appear it, possessive of yeah. me too. Uh, I think it's Hawley. It used to be Halley's when I was a kid. I, it is Halley's now. I think I can't quit Halley's. No, but it's because I think it's only because of Bill Haley and the comets. The old is that rock why? I, I, I don't think I'll ever cross over, Frank. It's a Jose it's... Jose Mourinho thing for me. Oh, yes. Okay. I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's okay. I can't Frank, tradition that. should just say Torval and Dean Bolero. Oh, the late night version. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but that, yeah. Was, that was in a different country, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sarajevo, 84. Oh. Sarah who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I always think of um, of her lying on her side at the end in the ice. You know, oh, they okay. end it with the lying on the side thing. Mm. Hold it two seconds too long, they have to come and get you out of the kettle. <laughs> Very fine line. <laughs> And uh, I tell you what, I've got a slightly more orchestral version of Good Morning. Shall we stick that in the side? Oh, go on. Hear it? Go on. It's been filled out. Oh, wow. Come on. Good, 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 <laughs> to who? <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, that's lovely. So, look, thanks for listening. Steve, it's been lovely to see lovely you. Lovely to see you. Thanks for ever. having me. I had no idea. I thought you still lived near me. I thought lockdown, I haven't seen him about. It's been an absolute pleasure, Steve. Oxford, Steve, is in. Yeah. Oh, he's gone so posh now. He's too good for the likes of us. <laughs> Anything to get away from the extraneous noise. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so talk look. about me like that, Frank. <laughs> um, so it's lovely to see you. Thank you, Steve. And thank you for listening. If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.